October 31st, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. The message God delivered through angels has always proved true, and the people were punished for every violation of the law and every act of disobedience. What makes us think that we can escape if we are indifferent to this great salvation that was announced by the Lord Jesus Himself? It was passed on to us by those who heard Him speak, and God verified the message by signs and wonders and various miracles and by giving gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose to do so. And furthermore, the future world we are talking about will not be controlled by angels. For somewhere in the Scripture it says, What is man that you should think of him, and the son of man that you should care for him? For a little while you made him lower than the angels, and you crowned him with glory and honor. You gave him authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all of this happen. What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, and now is crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death for us. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone in all the world. And it was only right that God, who made everything and for whom everything was made, should bring his many children into glory. Through the suffering of Jesus, God made him a perfect leader, one fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will declare the wonder of your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among all your people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. And in the same context, he said, Here I am, together with the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he deliver those who have lived all their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We all know that Jesus came to help the descendants of Abraham, not to help the angels. Therefore, it was necessary for Jesus to be in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. He then could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and temptation, he is able to help us when we are being tempted. You know, when most people talk about the American dream, it's, uh, it's about safety, security, you know, I want to grow old with my kids, grandkids, have all sorts of money, and it's all about the here and now. So it's, it's antithetical to Scripture, where Jesus says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. He didn't uh, invite the disciples into the American dream. He invited them into a, a life of suffering. Um, in fact, the scriptures teach that anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So 
we're, we're kind of signing up for a war. You, you, you know, the American dream versus this spiritual warfare that we're in. And so anyone that spent any time in the New Testament can see that, you know, following Christ isn't easy. In fact, the people that were begging him to follow, you know, saying, I, I want to follow you. Jesus says, you, you sure? Because the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Like, if you follow me, we're homeless tonight. And so you're really leaving things up in the air rather than controlling them, which is what the American dream is all about, is I have control over my life. I've got everything set up for the rest of my life. That's the dream, is absolute control versus absolute surrender. Could you talk about lordship and mm. obedience and saying yes mm -hmm. to the Lord, that there be no no's left in our heart? All right. You know, when Jesus called people to himself, it was a call to follow him. He just said, follow me. Um, it's implied in there clearly this sense of lordship, of he's our master. I go where he tells me to go. That's why he asks questions like, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Because this doesn't make sense. You're giving me this lip service of you're calling me Lord, and yet you're not doing what I ask you to do. And so I remember when I was younger, there was a big debate. I, I, I think it's died out by now. But back in the day, it's like, well, can you accept him as Savior, but not as Lord? Can you say, okay, I want you to save me, but I don't want to follow you? And I think back then there was actually the belief of, oh, yeah, sure, we can follow him as Savior. And then later on, we can decide whether or not we want him as our Lord. I think most of that's died out and we see the foolishness of it. Of that doesn't make any sense. And where can we find any type of biblical mandate or, or promise that all we have to do is have this intellectual assent and say, yeah, I want him to be my savior, but I have no desire to follow him. How can anyone read the New Testament and get that solution? It was just something that we wanted. It's like, well, can I still control my life and just have the assurance that I'm not going to hell? Uh, that's that's basically what we were what we were after, and what I love about this generation is they're reading scripture for themselves. They're seeing the obvious, like, well, of course he's Lord, he's God, he's in control. We fear him, we follow him, we love him. We, the the whole idea of trusting him is saying, you know what? I trust your commands will actually lead to life. I actually trust that if I lose my life, I'm actually going to find it because that's what you told me. So let me let go, surrender. And this is a little scary because we're all about control. And it's like, okay, you're my new master. I've just surrendered myself to you. That's what it means. That's what baptism was. I am dying to myself. That means I'm giving up control. Francis is no longer alive. Now it's Christ who lives in me. So take me where you want me to go because I trust this is going to be a better life for me. Um, this, is, this is the way to fulfillment, the, the full abundant life that Christ talks about, which doesn't mean it's always going to be easiest. In fact, most of the time it's not. And doesn't mean that it's the most fun all of the time because it does include pain and suffering and sacrifice. But the conclusion will always be our blessing. Even the suffering is going to be more abundant than us holding on to our lives controlling our own lives and our destiny and saying, no, Jesus, I surrender to you.